0: It's one of, if not the most infamous, unsolved cases in America. In the mid-1960s, a man struck fear into the hearts of young couples throughout Northern California. He would trail them to isolated areas, lover's lanes, they called them back then, and he would strike quickly, gunshots usually, though on at least one occasion he used a knife. And then he would flee. In the annals of true crime, he may not have been that prolific. The police have only been able to confirm that he was actually responsible for four attacks. Five people died, and two survived with serious injuries. But he claimed to have killed many more. What captured the public's attention, though, were the letters. Shortly after the first killings, he began sending letters to the police and the newspapers. Some of them were in a sort of code, a cipher consisting of, at first what appeared to be random, nonsensical symbols. And his demands were often bizarre. He threatened to continue killing. He made bomb threats against public buildings and school buses. And he gave himself a name. That may have been what ultimately captivated the public's attention. Usually, it was an enterprising journalist who would give a serial killer a name, but not in this case. Early on, the mysterious author of the ciphers identified himself as the Zodiac. The first confirmed killing took place in 1968 though some people believe he may have actually started his rampage five years earlier. The last confirmed killing took place in 1969, though he may have been active until 1974. His first letter was postmarked August 1, 1969. The last verified letter was sent January 29, 1974. So many questions are unanswered. How many people were killed by the Zodiac? What was his motive? What drove him to kill? And the biggest question of all, who was the Zodiac Killer? So, settle in with a 1970s-style cocktail, The Godfather. And along with our guests, Don and Sidney, See if you can solve the mystery of the Zodiac Killer. Today, Napa and Sonoma in California are synonymous with some of the best wines in the world. To travel Highway 29 through the Napa and Sonoma Valleys is to see lush vineyards on verdant hills multi-million dollar estates, and chateaus designed to lure in tourists. Oftentimes, the road is backed up like a city rush hour. Not so in the 1960s. The wine industry was just starting to take off. And what today we think of as wine country was just a lazy, small-town agricultural area. The turnoffs from the highway were dirt roads that led to dark, isolated areas, offering privacy to young couples after a movie and dinner. Occasionally, a sheriff's deputy would drive by and shine a spotlight on a steamed up car window or bang the flashlight on the trunk and warn the kids to break it up. On December 20th, 1968, Betty Lou Jensen, and David Faraday, two high school students told their parents that they were going to attend the Christmas concert at Hogan High School. David borrowed his mother's Rambler and picked up Betty Lou, but instead of going to the concert, they went to a friend's house, then stopped to get something to eat. About 10.15, David pulled off Lake Herman Road, onto a gravel turnout. Just before 11, another car pulled up next to the Rambler. A man got out. He held a flashlight and a gun. David opened the door, and the stranger shot him in the head. Betty Lou jumped out of the car and tried to run back to Lake Herman Road. He shot her five times in the back. She died 28 feet from the car. She never made it back to the road. Their bodies were found by a neighbor who heard the shots. On July 4th, 1969, just before midnight, while the country was celebrating Independence Day and preparing to look forward to the moon landing later that month, Darlene Farron and Michael McGeeb pulled into Blue Springs Park. A little later, a second car pulled alongside them, but immediately left. Ten minutes later, he was back, parking behind them. He went to the passenger side of the car and shone the flashlight in their eyes. He fired his 9 millimeter Luger five times, hitting both of them. He turned and walked away. He heard Michael moaning in the front seat, so he went back to the car and shot each of them two more times before he left. He stopped at a gas station just a few blocks away from the police station and called the Vallejo Police Department. He told them he had shot two people in the park and also told them that he had killed David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen six months earlier. Police and ambulances rushed to the park. Darlene was pronounced dead at the hospital, but Michael survived despite being shot in the face and neck and chest. He described the attacker as a white male between 26 and 30 years old, five feet eight inches tall, and between 195 and 200 pounds with short, light brown curly hair. On August 1st, three newspapers received letters, each containing one-third of a cryptogram in which the author claimed responsibility for the two murders. He demanded that the letters be published on the front page of the papers, or he would quote, cruise around all weekend, killing lone people in the night, until I end up with a dozen people over the weekend. On August 7th, the San Francisco Examiner received another letter that began, Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. For the first time, he used his code name. He gave more details of the killings, details which had not been released to the public to prove that he had been the killer. He also said that when the police cracked the cipher, they would have him. The next day, a couple in Salinas, California, did crack the cipher. It read, with numerous misspellings, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. To kill something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. And the best part of it is that when I die, I will be reborn in paradise and all I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for the afterlife. On September 27th, 1969, two college students, Brian Hardnell and Cecilia Shepard, were picnicking at Lake Barissa on a small island. A man, described as 5'11 and weighing more than 175 pounds, and wearing a black executioner's hood and clip-on sunglasses, and a bib with a cross and circle on it, approached with a gun. He claimed to be an escaped convict. He said he had already killed two guards and that he needed their car. He produced some clothesline and ordered Cecilia to tie up her boyfriend. Then he tied her up. He checked the ropes and found that she had not tied her boyfriend up tightly, so he tightened them. They thought they were just being robbed, but then he drew a knife. And stabbed them repeatedly. He hiked back to their car and drew the zodiac symbol on the door with a black felt tipped pen and wrote Vallejo, 1220 68, 7469, and September 27th, 1969, 630, by knife. At 7.40, he stopped at a car wash in Napa and used a payphone to call the Napa County Sheriff's Office to report a murder. No, a double murder, he said, and indicated that he was the murderer. A man and his son heard the victim's screams and called park rangers. Cecilia was conscious and described their attacker. On the way to the hospital, she lapsed into a coma and died two days later without regaining consciousness. Brian survived. On October 11, 1969, a man hailed a cab in San Francisco. The cab driver, Paul Stein, picked him up and drove him to the Presidio Heights neighborhood. The passenger pulled out his 9 millimeter and shot Stein in the head. He took his wallet and car keys and cut off a piece of his blood-stained shirt tail. Three teenagers saw someone wiping down the cab and described him as a white male with a crew cut, 25 to 30 years old, and about 5'8 to 5'9". The police initially believed this to be a robbery gone bad. The dispatcher indicated that it was a black man, but on October 13th, The San Francisco Chronicle received a letter from the Zodiac claiming responsibility for the killing, along with a piece of the bloody shirt tail. The three teenagers worked with a police artist to complete a composite sketch. Interestingly, police officers saw a man who met that description walking up the steps and into a house. They disagree on whether or not they actually questioned him and this was the last confirmed Zodiac killing. The next day, the Chronicle received another letter threatening to kill schoolchildren on a bus. I can just shoot out the front tire and then pick off the kiddies as they come bouncing out, the letter read. On October 20th, someone claiming to be the Zodiac called the Oakland Police Department and demanded that one of two prominent attorneys, either F. Lee Bailey or Melvin Belli, appear on a local TV talk show to talk to him. Bailey wasn't available, but Belli did appear, and a man called in and identified himself as Sam, and Belli arranged to meet him at a coffee shop. Sam never showed. On November 8th, Zodiac mailed another cipher, It went unsolved for 51 years until it was decoded in 2020. In this one, Zodiac denied that it was, in fact, he who called the show. It read, I hope you're having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up another point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber, because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. So they are afraid of death, but I am not afraid, because I know that my new life is life and will be an easy one in paradise. On December 20th, exactly one year after the murders of David Faraday and Betty Lou Jansen, a letter arrived at Melvin Belli's office. This letter contained more of Stein's bloody shirt tale, and the author was asking for Belli's help. Throughout 1970, Zodiac continued to send letters to newspapers or the police. In one, he sent a diagram of a bus bomb that he said he was going to use to blow up a school bus. In April, he again threatened to use the bomb unless people started wearing Zodiac buttons. In June, he wrote again and said that he had shot a man in a parked car with a 38. Perhaps he was referring to the shooting of a police officer who was killed while giving someone a traffic citation. The police denied that Zodiac was actually involved in this. There was also a map in this letter of the Bay Area with the location of a bomb. No bomb went off, nor was it ever found. In July, he sent a letter taking credit for abducting Kathleen Johns and her 10-month-old daughter. She was driving her car near Modesto. A car pulled up behind her and honked. A man got out and told her that he noticed her tire was wobbling. He had a lug wrench and offered to tighten her lug nuts. After finishing, she pulled forward and her wheel immediately fell off. He rushed back to the car and offered to drive her to a gas station. They passed several gas stations, but he never stopped. He kept her in the car, driving around back roads for 90 minutes. Finally, when he stopped at an intersection, she jumped out of the car and ran into a field. He searched for her with a flashlight, but couldn't find her or her daughter, and eventually left. She hitchhiked to a police station, and while she was there, she noticed the composite sketch of the Zodiac that was made after the Paul Stein killing, and she said that was the man who had kidnapped her. In October, a Halloween card arrived at the Chronicle for reporter Paul Avery. It was reported to be from the Zodiac with the message Peekaboo you are doomed. The next day, Avery got an anonymous letter describing the similarities between the Zodiac killings and the murder of Sherry Joe Bates, a student at Riverside Community College who was brutally beaten and stabbed to death on October 30th, 1966. Someone sent several letters after the murder. Some people believed that she was a victim of the Zodiac, but neither Paul Avery nor the police believe that. The final confirmed Zodiac letter arrived at the San Francisco Chronicle, postmarked January 29, 1974. It praised the movie The Exorcist as being, quote, the best satirical comedy that I have ever seen end quote. And the letter ended with a new score, me, 37, SFPD, zero. Since then, other letters have arrived at police stations and newspapers, but none have been verified as authentic Zodiac communications. In 2004, the San Francisco Police Department marked the case inactive, but reopened it in 2007. It has always remained open in Napa County and in the city of Riverside. In May 2018, the Vallejo Police Department attempted to collect DNA from the back of some of the stamps on Zodiac letters. As of this month, however, no results have ever been reported. So, How many people did the Zodiac kill? Did it all end with Paul Stein in 1969? Or did it continue? And who is or was the Zodiac killer?
1: Thank you, dad. That was awesome. The Zodiac is one of those that I really hope gets solved and I can't believe it hasn't been solved yet. I'm really excited to get into our discussion about it with our very special guests. We have our editor, Don Bailey, who loves this case and he has done lots of research about it. So I convinced him to be on the show behind the mic. So, I'm really excited to have him. And his friend Sydney is here, and Sydney has a connection to this case, a family connection. Uh, before we get into um, our guests introducing themselves, I wanted to quickly do a trends of the crime section. And we all know I love the 60s, we've done the 60s quite a bit. So, I thought I'd take this time to explain how Trends of the Crime is going to work at our live show, which is happening on Sunday, the 23rd, at 8 p.m. May 23rd at 8 p.m. at Alibi in Westport in Kansas City, Missouri. Be there or be square. So how it's going to work is we are going to have four of my good friends, four of my most fashionable friends. We have Molly, Abby, Kara, and Tyrica. And they are going to be modeling looks inspired by a decade. Everyone in the audience is going to have a piece of paper, and you're going to guess what decade inspired each look. If you get everything right, you are going to be entered for a chance to win a t-shirt or a baseball cap or a mug. All from our fabulous merch line designed by Lucy Besch. So. Get studying on all of these decades. We've covered all of them. So you have no excuses to get them wrong. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you want to check out my friends on Instagram, Molly's Instagram is call of the styled. Abby is life with Huddy and Harry. Kara is keeping up with the city. And Tyrika is I am Tyrika. So check them out. They are really stylish and awesome, so give them a follow. Are we ready to talk about our case?
0: Well, I, I do have one, one thing I'd like to mention.
1: Oh, please. I'm sorry.
0: It appears from the names you gave that all of the models at, at the show will be women. Yes. I didn't notice any, any men being asked to model fashions of the 60s in fact i wasn't even asked to to step down from the mic and model and
1: dad dad would you like to model
0: i'll I'll be busy that evening but okay uh, no (laughs) that's Um, what i
1: thought yeah (laughs) well you know sorry um women's fashion is more fun so you know it's just just is okay and i'm all about the cute fashion so all right uh Dad, tell us about the Godfather cocktail. I didn't know nothing about this cocktail.
0: Well, I was looking for a, uh, a, a 70s cocktail that, uh, frankly, I had never heard of either. And one that was very popular back in the 70s was, uh, was named after that great uh, film, The Godfather. It's a very simple cocktail. It's um, two ounces of blended scotch with a quarter ounce of uh, amaretto which is an Italian uh, liqueur, almond-flavored liqueur. I haven't had it yet. I haven't made one, but I thought that would be rather appropriate for a true crime episode to to bring in the king of crime, uh, The Godfather. So that's, uh, that's what we'll be making.
1: Can you give us a little Godfather impersonation or impression?
0: <laughs> Someday I may call upon you to do a favor for me
1: beautiful. Great job. Let's have our guests introduce themselves. Don, please tell us who you are and why you agreed to be a guest on this episode.
2: Yeah, uh, my name's Don. I am the editor for this podcast. I have a music mixing and mastering podcast editing business at pretendmachine.com. I've always been a lifelong I don't want to say obsessive of true crime things and occult, ghost, all that stuff. Uh, but the Zodiac specifically is just the most fascinating case. There's just so many things. There seem to be so many different personalities within the killer themselves. Um, and I just find it to be one of the most rich true crime histories. There's just so much there or not there.
1: I agree. There's a lot to unpack here. Sydney, what brings you here today?
3: Well, I guess my story really starts, it's kind of a family story. It's been told, I'm sure, numerous, numerous times. But uh, so for anonymity, I'm going to refer to the character that I'm discussing as Uncle. Um, Starts off back when I was a kid. I remember my mom had a bookshelf in my room, and she was going through college at the time. And so all the books were kind of boring, except for this one yellow book that stood out. And when I was first starting to read, I I could read it. It said Zodiac on it. And it was an old paperback, bright yellow book. So that's why it stood out to me because everything else just looked boring. But uh, I remember asking my mom, my grandma one day, I said, hey, mom's got this book. And I opened it up when I was a kid and just weird stuff in there. I couldn't really understand. Mom's got this book called Zodiac. What is, what is that about? And she's like, well, you know, there's a guy in our family that we thought was one of the characters in that book. When you get older, I'll tell you about it. So, I remember as I was getting older, like kind of asking her again, "Hey, can you tell me more about that story?" She goes, "Well, on your grandfather's side of the family, there was this uncle, and the whole family on that side, except for his family of course, thought that he during this time was the actual Zodiac killer. But I, I was skeptical because you know." grandmas sometimes embellish things but no <laughs> exactly she made uh, quite the case though and you know as i got i remember she would give me little bits and details like uh she said i was like well okay grandma how do you like what made you everybody think this she all she would tell me was you know everybody was afraid of this guy in the family um he fit the description at the time he had a naval background which is one of the things that they said he had a naval background for the
2: cryptography yeah yeah
3: he had the dark rim glasses the crew cut and also another thing she told me was that this uncle had committed suicide she said 1972 but from my digging i found out it's actually probably more like 1977 which kind of fits that perfect i did some ancestry search and stuff like that kind of that perfect time frame but one of the most compelling stories that my grandma would tell me is one night my mom, my mom's side of the family is all from that California Vallejo area. My grandpa was born and raised in Vallejo. Uh, mom was born in kind of that valley just southeast of there. I remember my grandma telling me the story that my mom was really, really young and they were up in Vallejo visiting. And this was after some of the killings had gone on. So it was kind of like all the talks has been like probably 1970. My mom was maybe a few months old. And they're at some sort of family get together and this uncle had came up to my grandma and said, Hey, you know, how are you getting back to Stockton, which is where they lived at the time? How are you getting back to Stockton? She said, Oh, we're going to go through Brentwood and we're going to go that way. And then another family member was like, Hey, I don't, I don't think you should go that way to to get there. I think you should take this other way unbeknownst to the uncle that they didn't say that around him.
2: Because of the killings though, right? Like they wanted them, they didn't want them not to go through what they considered to be a hot zone. Exactly. like, we want you to go through another safer town so we know you're safe.
3: Yeah. Also, I might add that another thing my grandma told me was, you know, that this uncle lived right around Lake Berryessa, which is where all of, that's actually where the, which murder was that? That's
2: the couple where they got tied up. He wore the black hood, one of the more infamous of the killing.
3: Yeah. So the uncle lived right around that area. She had actually said that they had turned him into the police but the police just kind of dismissed it and said oh you know he's not really a suspect but i don't know so he asked which way are you taking she said well this way and another family member later on said hey no i think you should take this other way that is the exact same night the woman and her daughter were with the with the tire
2: kathleen john yeah that's
3: it same highway that my grandma told him that they would be taking and I mean it's just
2: kind of a weird, weird. So that's the night that Kathleen Johns got abducted the exact night on the highway that your relatives said they were going to take to that uncle when that another family member said no, don't go that way, go another way. Exactly. So maybe he was like, Well, I'm gonna go that way tonight and yeah. see what's going on.
3: And yeah, it's just it's just the, the coincidences are just crazy.
2: Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but he had he, was, he had the same shoe size, what they estimate the shoe size for the...
3: You, you heard the call when my grandma called and was giving us all the details.
2: Right. So he had the same shoe size. He fit the physical description, hair, glasses. He fit the military background. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the family was afraid of him and was, he was even turned in as a possible suspect. Yeah. And if I recall correctly, I think, I believe she mentioned that he had been looked at by the police, but had an alibi. Did yeah. I think there was something like that. So he was, ne- he's, I don't, I've never found his name. And I only recently found out about this story, but being obsessed with it, I did as much digging as I possibly could. Um, I didn't find his name ever in a list of suspects, but there really isn't, we don't, the public doesn't have access to that information. We know 10 ish suspects, but the amount of people who were turned in by their family, you know, mothers and brothers and people who thought their brother could be the
0: Zodiac, there's hundreds, probably thousands of these people. I did I did see uh, in some of my research that uh, the police actually identified and maybe not interviewed, but at least investigated over 2,500 people.
2: Yeah, I knew it had to be some huge number. So this is just, you know, whether or not we're not saying he's the Zodiac or tied to the Zodiac at all, but what we're saying is that direct connection to this story that I've always, I've been obsessed with from one of my closest
0: friends and just blew my mind when, he, when I was told this. Now, Sydney, one of the things we've we've looked at uh, throughout this podcast is the background of a lot of these serial killers and what they were like in in childhood. Um, so, if if you can't answer this question or don't want to, I, I certainly understand. But did you ever learn anything about Uncle's
3: uh, childhood? I did not. Um, he, he was actually an uncle by marriage, so he wasn't an actual like blood relative. So I don't know much about his childhood. Um, All I can tell you is I could like sense the fear when my grandma would tell me the story like that everybody had around this guy. And it's I believed her. I believed everything that she was telling me. And unfortunately, you know, I can't. There's some stuff that I can't get out of other relatives, unfortunately, that I wish I could maybe one of these days. But right
0: now, that's all I got. Well that that is uh that's a story that's causing uh the hair on the back of my head to stand up a little bit right now. And uh, I only have hair on the back of my head. <laughs> so that's uh, so
1: that's a lot of hair. It is. <laughs> Don, did you ever see anything about people thinking Jeffrey Dahmer might have done some of the zodiac killings?
2: I haven't heard that specifically. I've definitely haven't heard Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't think he would have fit the age range. Um, but there are, you know, a million suspects, everybody that's been a famous, anybody who's been a known killer has been tied to it at some point. Ted Kaczynski was tied to it. Yeah, I don't I don't really give any credence to it being another well-known killer, except for there's one I've always wondered about. Ed Edwards, I think his name is. I think has the potential to be one of the most prolific serial killers of all time that we don't know that much about. Um, but he's not my, I, I assume at some point we'll talk about Main suspects. He's definitely not my one of my main suspects. I have mm-hmm.
0: two that I go back and forth on pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to move in that direction, but let let me ask this question first to to both of you, since you've done some research in this. The police only identified those those four instances as confirmed Zodiac murders, but um, he in that one note seemed to indicate he'd killed thirty seven people there have been a number of murders that the police, some people have linked to the Zodiac and the police have discounted. What, what's your feeling on that? Did he did he strike more than these, uh, well, these four times and seven victims?
2: I think so. Um, but I think there are reasons that those aren't necessarily directly tied. For one, we don't know who the killer is, so it's nearly impossible to tie them. But that, I would say there are three specific killings that, Point to pre Zodiac killings.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, A college student in 1963, Mm -hmm. uh, Betty Joe or Sherry Mm Joe, and a couple that was killed in 1961 in a cove in Santa Barbara, a very similar style killing. Um, So I think there are some earlier ones, but I don't think the Zodiac claims them because I don't think the Zodiac claims anything prior to the personality of the Zodiac existing. I think. The Zodiac considers himself to be not that person from prior to that character being, exi- uh, being created. Mm. As far as later on, I think the Zodiac is dead, which is why the killing stopped. But I think there probably are some other killings out there. I wouldn't, I don't think it's 37. Um, the Zodiac had a, a flair for the uh, excitement. It was a bit of a character, so I think it's an embellishment. But I do think there's more than the four or five. Mm-hmm. i i would say there's probably at least three others um and then maybe one or two after
3: and i mean as personally i've been around that area that vallejo kind of bay area rolling hills napa sonoma area and it's just hills and hills and hills i mean have you ever seen that uh that screensaver that microsoft has it's uh it's that famous like green hill you know which one i'm talking about that's that's that area and it's just hills and and land for days um farmland so i mean to say that he could have done more in that area is i think it's very probable
1: do you all think that someone by someone doing an ancestry.com dna test similar to the golden state killer do you think we could ever figure out who zodiac is that way
2: i think that's the only way we ever figure it out and i don't know what amount of dna exists Uh, Because there have been DNA tests done. I mean, people have been ruled out via DNA. Mm -hmm. So there is DNA. And I think if there's enough of it, that's the only way this is ever going to be solved. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any other possible way. There's too many
0: well-liked suspects. One thing we've looked at throughout this podcast as well are uh, the psychological profiles. Of a lot of these people. And of course, when they catch the killer and psychiatrists can actually talk to them, that gives us a pretty good handle. But, you know, based on what we know of these murders, uh, have you given any thought to what this guy's motivations may have been or what led him to this? I think the Zodiac Killer is probably schizophrenic.
2: I think the Zodiac Killer was probably capable of fitting into society well. But was someone who needed help and was never able to get that help. And their a character was almost created. I don't know enough about that mental disorder to really speak to it, but I think there's definitely something going on. I think the Zodiac, it's such an enigma. It doesn't really fit, it fits and doesn't fit so many well known profiles. Um, that's, the, I think, one of the reasons it's hard to catch them. Like the Paul Stein murder almost makes no sense in relation to the others. And that would never be tied to Zodiac if Zodiac didn't happen to have a piece of his clothing and claimed the killing, um, you know, and those are clearly authentic because Zodiac's very specific way of writing letters and who he sent them to and how things were spelled. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I could understand more of the psychological profile, but to me, it just seems it jumps from one to another,
0: one thing to another. Yeah, I thought about that too. Comparing him to well, people like the BTK killer in Wichita, who we looked at a few weeks ago. Um, you know, I noticed some similarities there. The BTK talked about killing people to make them slaves in the afterlife, mm-hmm. but he seemed really interested in in the control and the torture aspect. Um, the Zodiac was just a quick a quick gunshot to the head or some stab wounds and and left there. And unlike someone like Dahmer or or Bundy.
1: Yeah, that seems tra- very unusual to just be shooting them and be done.
0: Right. I mean, he he didn't he didn't keep totems or mementos other than the shirt, but that was basically, as I understand it, to prove to the police, hey, I did it. Right. Um so it wasn't for him. It's interesting because it's like he talks about, you know,
2: the most dangerous game, man, you know, and the hunting of a human. But he wasn't really hunting so much as just killing. He, he, he did keep trophies in the sense that the kill itself and the game with the police and the media was his trophy. So he had this, that personality where the kill was a means to
0: an end, the end being the game with the media and the police, I think. Exactly. Rather than rather than tying up a victim and and torturing him or her and and watching them die and reviving him as people like BTK and Dahmer did, he seemed to be interested in a in in torturing the public, engendering fear in the whole public, not the specific victim. Mm-hmm. I can kill these people, and and I'm I want all of Northern California to wonder: Am I next? So
2: yeah, I I find BTK to be so similar in some ways that like I had to look up dates for BTK. There's like, is there any way that he was, he in California at some point for a couple of years, but no, he was not. That's not a connection, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of traits similar between the two. The biggest thing is the fact that BTK took 31 years off. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the big things about Zodiac is how did the Zodiac stop? You know, because even if the last Zodiac letter came in 74, the last known killing Paul Stein was in 69. I mean, he wasn't a prolific killer, right? Maybe, maybe he got help, or maybe he was in jail. You know, like there's got to be a reason he stopped. Because I, I don't think the Zodiac really wanted to be a killer. I think he just wanted that game that was, was, I don't know, bored. Mm -hmm.
1: I want to know where this whole slaves in the afterlife comes from because I hadn't heard that until BTK, and I think it's freaky and weird. Anyone yeah. Want know where that came from?
2: I don't want to say. I I don't think so. Um, I'm, i have an idea, but I don't want to say because
0: I'm not sh- I'm not sure it's true. <laughs> yeah. In in one of the books, the that that I were, uh, well, what was his name? The the man who believed his his uh, natural birth father, it was actually oh, killer George Best.
1: Hodel, but I don't know what. No, he, George
0: oh. Best. Earl Best was the. Oh yes. Well, mm-hmm. his. We, we'll talk his step- about that when we talk oh, about father. Right. Yeah, that um, yeah. the documentary and right. and Earl yes. Van Best, I think. Right. So when we talk about suspects, which I think is where we're going next, uh-huh. but you know, he indicated that that as he looked at his father, he was actually involved with Anton LaVey and and the Church of Satan, and maybe that's where mm-hmm. part of that came from. But who knows?
1: Very. It's. It's probably striking me as so odd because I feel like we just did BTK and now it's coming up again and it's like I've never heard that before and now I've heard it close together and it's freaky. So
0: Well, Macy, you've uh you've done some research on possible suspects and uh Don's already alluded to that. Let's let's move the discussion to that area. Who are some of the possible suspects, in your opinions,
1: perhaps the main suspect is Arthur Lee Allen. That's the one everyone's heard of. It's the one that the police say they know he w- they know he was the Zodiac, but they don't have enough evidence to prove it. In Robert Greatsmith's book Zodiac, uh, he advanced Allen as a suspect based on circumstantial evidence. And Robert or Arthur Lee Allen died in 1992. But that would mean that he stopped killing for quite a long time before he died.
2: Yeah. I, I don't believe Arthur Lee Allen is the Zodiac Killer. I think um, Robert Graysmith's Smith's book did a lot of damage to Arthur Lee Allen, even though that's sort of my segue into learning about this when I was younger was his book. And of course, everybody who reads the book or sees the movie is going to love Arthur Lee Allen as the suspect. But, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was cleared by DNA in 2002. He was. And he maintained always that he wasn't the Zodiac. Um, but I do think he did send letters as the Zodiac later in life. Um, I do think he did insert himself into it once he was the main suspect. Um, because I, he probably felt slighted. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why so much of it looks like Arthur Lee Allen is... I think it was so tied to him personally that he did send letters as the Zodiac at some point in his life.
1: Hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you know anything else about Arthur Lee Allen, dad?
0: Well, uh, again, just that the Graysmith identified him as the killer. And I think that that's kind of become the go-to suspect. Um, but Don, uh, you don't believe that. So who, who would you, who do you, uh, think may have done this i have two main
2: suspects um my runner-up suspect is lawrence kane i think he fits the background really well he is tied to another murder uh donna yeah i I forget her name um donna lasso something like that yeah so uh he's tied to that and they the police believe he is the killer of that woman um but also, Kathleen Johns pointed him out in the lineup as being who is like, that's the person, that was the man who abducted me. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of his background, his timing, everything ties in really well to Zodiac. My main suspect, though, uh, that just hits every bell for me is Ross Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one who is tied to uh, Sherry Jo Bates, I think that's her name. Yep, that's her name. In 1963. Mm-hmm. He worked in a library there. Um, there's just so many things that tie him. If he didn't kill her, then I don't know what. I think the only reason he was never got charged with it is the police were one-track mind on a suspect and didn't want to hear about Ross Sullivan.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I think if it's proven that Ross Sullivan killed Sherry Joe, then it's easily to prove he's the Zodiac as well. Because his footsteps are all in the same places at the same times. And he could possibly link to that 61 murder of the couple as a younger man, a 20 year old, you know, just starting his own life.
0: And I believe he'd been hospitalized several times for, um, bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. Is that? That's Mm -hmm. correct. Yep.
1: And he, his coworkers said that he was missing for days after the murder of Sherry Jo Bates.
2: Yeah. He, he went missing for like a week or two after, after her murder. Uh, but the police, you know, clearly he was looked into. Um, They said he had an alibi. There's multiple stories on what his alibi was. um, So it's hard to say. One of the alibis was supposed to be a girlfriend at the time or a woman he lived with. But I also think if someone becomes the Zodiac, there's an aspect of control there. And it wouldn't be hard to control someone in their life to give them a false alibi. And I don't know how much I trust what the police did as far as alibi checking at that time.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good
0: point. Yeah, the police early on settled on um, on Arthur Lee Allen, didn't they? In fact, one officer said, I know he did it. I just yes. can't prove it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the problem with that, though, is that th- all the killings took place in different jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. So everybody has their man, and they don't talk to each other. There are some of the cases, the Sherry Jo Bates case in, um, was that Riverside, is still like, they don't talk to the other. <laughs> that's their mm-hmm. case. We don't. You don't mess with us. We don't mess with you, and I think that's to the detriment of so much crime across the entire country. Yep. An open, transparent conversation
0: of connecting these things. Otherwise, that's how you get
2: away with stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can vouch for that as a, as someone who practiced criminal law for a while. Uh, it it frustrated me oftentimes when I was defending someone and there were other suspects or other theories, but. It seemed like once the police and prosecutors settled on their suspect, uh, they just didn't want to hear about anything else. And uh, that, that certainly could hamper an investigation, which it may have done here.
1: Well, and I think that's where a lot of false confessions come from, too. It's like police think they have their guy, and then they pressure that person into a false confession. And then they end up without a life anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a real— real issue I would say in law enforcement.
2: One of the key things I think about the Zodiac is there's the military background, the military profile, and I think the Zodiac killer didn't have a military background. I think he wanted to have a military background, but I don't think he was in the military, which is one of the reasons Ross Sullivan again is my favorite, the person I think is the Zodiac most likely, uh because he didn't have the military background, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was you know, part of something he wanted. He did study cryptology. He, you know, he was an English major and he did write papers on cryptology in college at that very same college. And if I might real quick, a third suspect I think is someone we've never even heard of. I think it's just as likely we have no idea. We have never heard of the Zodiac, who the real Zodiac is, as it's any one of these characters. Just like with Sydney here with Uncle, (laughs) like Uncle matches up so incredibly well, but was ruled out as a suspect because of who knows, who knows what? Alibi, but alibis are kept secret. We don't know any of these things.
1: Maybe a clean record could have kept the police away, been like, oh, it couldn't have been this person, because mm-hmm. never yeah. been in trouble.
0: Well, Macy, you found one reference to uh to a very unlikely suspect that uh, I hadn't heard, but but who I think most people uh know know his name. Who who is that? That would be Mr. Ted Cruz. Oh, <laughs> the the uh, senior senator from Texas. Yes. I will say Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer.
1: <laughs> Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer.
0: Well, I, never, well, I mean, it, it only stands to reason it runs in the family because, you know, as, as uh, former President Trump <laughs> announced, I mean, Ted Cruz's father actually assassinated John Kennedy. So it the, would make this sense. Thing, Yes, it did run in the family. Open shut case. <laughs> <right>. Yeah, open <laughs> case closed.
1: Yes. This is obviously an internet meme joke
0: yes yes if senator senator cruz if you're listening we don't think you were the uh zodiac killer
1: but that doesn't mean we like you
0: but it is funny to talk (laughs) about and it's hilarious
1: (laughs) uh this all started with a tweet by at take it dd in 2013 and the tweet said hashtag cpac alert ted cruz is speaking his speech is titled this is the Zodiac speaking. And then it really the theory really went wild during the 2016 presidential election, particular dur- particularly during the Republican primaries. And in October 2017, Ted Cruz leaned into this a bit and tweeted one of the Zodiac killer's clues that he left for police during a Twitter spat. So, he knows about this joke, so That's good. I guess (laughs) somebody, I
2: I made a post about it, uh, Uh not about him specifically, but I used a meme that where the Zodiac's face morphs into Ted Cruz. And then someone tried to at him on my post. That's funny. I thought it was really funny.
1: I, it was funny. I was writing my notes this morning and I saw that I hadn't really heard that joke until this morning. And I was like, oh my gosh, Don is going to love this. This is so funny. Thinking Ted Cruz, and then I saw your post. I was like, "Oh man, he already knows." So, I'm so uh,
2: Mike, Macy, Sydney, you guys, who are your favorite suspects? And um, Sydney, for example, are your familiar ties? Is that do you just is that where you begin and end at it? You just lock into that, not necessarily believe it, but you had no point. Did you just did you research after that, or were you just like this is a cool tie? I'm going to just run with this one.
3: No, I mean I kind of I didn't just keep a closed mind to that. Because, like you said, there was what twenty five hundred different suspects that were interviewed by the the that, the police in that area. So I definitely didn't keep a closed mind. Um, I remember watching the, what was the movie with uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal. It was two 2000- thousand. Zodiac. Yeah, it came out in two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I watched that, I kind of picked my grandma's brain a little bit more, and you know didn't really find out anything else different. But, um. Who was the main suspect in the in the movie? Arthur
2: Lee Arthur Allen.
3: Arthur Lee Allen. Yeah, I I that one kind of made the most sense to me. But also, the points that you made were pretty convincing about him not actually being the legitimate Zodiac. So, but that's as far as I've gone. I haven't really dug into it quite as much as you have.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, besides trying to figure out my family tree. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah.
2: There's a there's a empty spot where the zodiac is in his family tree very, uh-huh. I've been very <laughs> empty spot.
3: I've been, yes. I've been digging hard and I can't I'm doing lots of uh letters to the what's what county is that and leo's in that Sonoma? county Sonoma. not Simona Simoki. Sonoma. yeah somewhere uh-huh. around there. I've been sending letters to try to get some uh history that I can't find. So oh. I guess I could also just pay that twenty eight dollars to the <laughs> family finder 20 bucks a month. But uh-huh. uh, so we may have an update in the future. I was gonna
1: say you'll have to update yeah, us. Yeah I'll let you know. Um, I, I agree with Don. I think Ross Sullivan is very likely. I don't think Arthur Lee Allen did it. I mean, he was so adamant. Like I've seen him in documentaries. He was just so adamant. It wasn't me. Everyone's bugging me about it. It wasn't me. I wish everyone would shut up, you know? And I do think that the book and the movie really made people believe it was him with not as compelling evidence as what would normally convince people. So another interesting um, suspect that we brought up during our Black Dahlia episode was George Hodel, and that's the man who was accused of being the Black Dahlia killer by his son. And then his son later came back and wrote another book about, his, about George Hodel being the Zodiac, which people didn't take as seriously. They thought he was kind of going off the rails a bit with this second book or whatever um and i agree but uh that was another one i th-
2: did he also think his dad was jack the ripper out of curiosity <laughs> probably.
1: <laughs> Just, probably is there a third book don't. on the way <laughs> right uh, he was halfway
2: through the east uh the original night stalker book exactly like oh, crap. <laughs> oh
1: man <laughs> <laughs> yes so george hodell's on the list i do not think it was him uh that's when i found you know the the joke that everyone thinks their dad was a zodiac killer but uh there was just not enough evidence for George Hodell. I do think George Hodell was probably the Black Dahlia killer, but anyway, that's from a previous episode. How about you, Dad? Who do you think?
0: Uh well, I'm like I'm like the rest of you, I I don't think it was uh, I don't think it was Arthur Lee Allen mainly because he's been excluded not only by DNA evidence but by handwriting experts. They've had several Experts look at the notes and they've just got boxes of his own writings and they're just not a match. And I feel sorry for the man. He, his life was ruined. I mean, he wasn't a, he wasn't a pristine character anyway. He had some pretty serious criminal issues himself with, with young boys. Um, yeah. I don't really feel sorry for him. No, but yeah. Yeah. yeah they, as you did get a raw deal out of that yeah, Zodiac yeah. thing. Uh, your analysis, uh, Don of of both Ross Sullivan and Lawrence Kane, I think is compelling. And I, that's, they're probably up at the top of my list after listening to you, Uh, you know, another, another person that got a lot of attention for this uh, based on a, on a FX network uh, documentary was uh, Earl Van Best and uh, his son uh, went out and was trying to find his father. He was given up for adoption. He finally tracked down his father and, you know, based on that, um, he came to the conclusion it was his father, early Earl Van Best, who was the killer. But uh, by the time the Netflix documentary was produced, evidently the producers and researchers had gone through the book, and there were just a number of errors and and liberties that the author had taken, like finding fingerprints, but then turning the fingerprints upside down so it looked like they matched. Uh, yeah and they said they don't think he was trying to commit a fraud, but you know he sincerely believes it. but I think uh, there were some interesting things to that, um and I think he did
2: hurt himself. Um, the story isn't as credible as it probably could have been because mm-hmm. of some of the way he presented mm-hmm. some of that information. Um, just real quick, one of the things that I found really fascinating about that was the finding of a black hood and a back of a guitar amplifier mm-hmm. um, that was allegedly supposed to be the Lake Essa hood that he wore. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some interesting things with that, but again, I don't really think of him as a real, a real main suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of those cases, like if Sydney here found out more about his uncle and wrote a book, uh, not his uncle, but uncle.
0: <laughs> Oops. No. Yeah.
2: No, but if Sydney here wrote a book about uncle, you know, um, you'd have to listen to it. It'd be interesting mm-hmm. because it's interesting. That's why we're here talking about it. So
0: I, you know, I don't totally discount it, but I think there's a lot of, accidental whoops uh back to sullivan and kane for a minute do you know what happened to them or Uh, when did they die are they dead when did they die
2: uh kane died in 2010 uh sullivan died of a heart attack i want to say in 1977 at age 36 he's one of the younger suspects um Mm -hmm. i think he was born in 1941 but i personally one of the reasons i like sullivan as the Zodiac because I think the Zodiac was younger than appeared mm-hmm. and the fact that this man unfortunately died so young at 36 mm-hmm. years old he probably looked older than he was mm-hmm. and I think a lot of early Zodiac stuff is reminiscent of someone trying to find their way in the world mm-hmm. versus being an established character in the world already
0: yeah well they did I the the initial uh identification of him was someone who was 25 to 30 years old and that would that would put him uh, right in the wheelhouse if he was born in 41 and the murders were in 68, that would make him, what, 27?
2: Yeah. I think he, I think, you know, a lot like Arthur Lee Allen was born in like 33 or something like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of the main characters were born in the thirties, some in even the twenties. And I think they're too old. Like Lawrence Kane, I think he was born. um, I think he's a little too old, which is why he's not one of my favorite suspects. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. He was born 1924 and i personally just from my research i think zodiac was younger than he appeared and that's it that's why you know another reason to me it's i think it's sullivan
1: to finish us off one thing don tells me is he likes the depth we go into with theories Mm -hmm. so like weird theories on stuff I found an article called Seven Insane but Weirdly Believable Theories About the Zodiac Killer by Julia Metro for thoughtcatalog.com. I'm not going to touch on all of these because we already have touched on at least one. So, here we go. Uh this first one is the Zodiac was two people. Some people believe there was the killer and the letter writer and that the letter writer was a San Francisco San Francisco Bay Area police officer this officer would have had enough information about the crimes to write the letters. What do you think, Don?
2: I do think that's interesting, um, that the killer and the letter writer are being two different people. I think if there are multiple people, I don't think one was one and one was the other. I think one, I think they both did killings and they both did letter writings, but they had crafted a certain style together. um, And that made it, one of the things that made it harder for them to be caught but I don't think there was one letter writer and one killer. That's too clean. Too. Mm-hmm. This is not murder's not clean. That's too clean. Mm-hmm.
1: Why were the? Was it called a cipher?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Why was the spelling so weird and why was everything weird with that? Like, like you said, with numerous misspellings. Yeah. But did he just not know how to spell, or?
2: Uh, it's more than likely, it was inten- It was intentional to right. try to throw you add more air to the mystery. Like I think some of the ciphers are completely nonsensical. Like the one that was just finally solved. Uh, mm-hmm. What the, I think the 302 cipher mm-hmm. uh, was just finally solved. And that was the one that was supposed to have his name in it.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
2: doesn't. But I I do love that that cipher finally said that he was not the caller on the that call-in the show. show. Yeah. Because that was a pretty compelling, if you hear the tape, it's pretty interesting. But that person was... Too mentally unstable to be the Zodiac, mm-hmm. or playing too much of a mentally unstable character to be the Zodiac.
3: Is that how they thought that he had a naval background was because of the, the ciphers?
2: The ciphers, um, and he always wore that. There's always boots at the crime scene. Oh, okay. uh, boot mm-hmm. prints, military style. Yeah, you can buy at a surplus, or they're issued v- via the military. So yeah, there's a definite military connection. Whether
0: it is military or not, I question. Right, and and. uh Something Don said too about maybe the misspellings were intentional. That's what BTK did. Mm-hmm. He disguised his his notes with a lot of misspellings and poor grammar, but at the same time he was using technical terms that that indicated he did have to have an education, and that that may have been what was going on here. I mean, particularly Ross Sullivan. I mean, he worked at a he was a library assistant at a college. I'm sure he knew how to spell, but. He was an English major. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that would certainly be uh, something you would think about. Mm -hmm. Let's just throw him off a little bit by by pretending to be illiterate.
1: I feel like that's a rookie move.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one of the things that kept Arthur Lee Allen in contention for so long is they said, yeah, his handwriting doesn't match, but what if he was in a certain emotional state and his handwriting changed? Or what if he wrote with his left hand? Mm -hmm. You know, they tried to... They just did everything they could to try to keep him in. Hmm. But I I think once and for all, we can say Arthur Arthur Lee Allen was not the Zodiac Killer.
1: Right. We're all in agreement. Because we say what goes. So it was (laughs) on (laughs) him.
2: You heard it here first.
1: (laughs) The second theory, uh, we talked about this. uh, The police encountered the killer. This was in the story at the beginning uh, after Paul Stein was killed. That The police there were looking for a black man. And there was a miscommunication and that the police saw someone who fit the Zodiac description flee the scene and they don't know if they questioned him or it wasn't clear if they questioned him. So pretty interesting there.
2: Yeah. The the Stein case to me is still it's the outlier. And mm-hmm. I think if this case is ever going to be solved, it's going to come from that crime mm-hmm. because that's the one where he most likely was going to get caught. Um, and it's also the one that doesn't fit the M.O. so it was clearly a different sort of crime than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think I think that's going to be the one that eventually we find out
0: through that one. Yeah. Right. I mean I I'm just guessing something happened in the cab. I don't know if he got in the cab intending to shoot this guy, maybe they got into an argument, maybe the guy said, "Hey, you look like the you look like this picture." Um, that that seems to me like more of a spur of the moment killing rather than a planned Uh, killing like the others, which were younger couples. Mm -hmm.
2: And I think it's interesting because I think there's a difference in the Zodiac pre-Paul Stein and post-Paul Stein because the Paul Stein killing, again, is very different. And then after that, his target turned to children, but in a way to create fear. I don't think anybody was ever actually in danger, but I think it was, I think he found a release uh, without having to kill people by mm-hmm. making people 10 times more afraid through yeah. the thought that he was going to kill children.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: think he could be one of the reasons he stopped killing is he found that to be way more exciting, Yeah, which is what he wanted in
0: the first place, other than, the, you know, I don't think the killing was his primary motive. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I, mm-hmm. I think he, he wasn't interested in controlling the victims. He wanted to control and engender fear in the world or in the public. Mm-hmm. The
1: third theory is that The Zodiac Killer used cement to conceal fingerprints. In one of his letters, the Zodiac claimed that he coated his fingertips in two coats of airplane cement to prevent leaving prints behind. This has neither been proven nor uh, denied or debunked.
2: I'm not smart enough to understand how that works. I don't know what airplane cement
1: is. All (laughs) right. Moving on. Well, it's
0: airplane <laughs> glue. It's you put together model airplanes, is what he was saying.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah, he's maybe he's just sniffing. Yeah, <laughs> right. Airplane cement. That's glue, right? Yeah. Cement. Is yeah, glue?
1: like yeah. rubber cement. Okay. okay. Oh. I'm literally picturing like sidewalk I, I was too. I was like, <laughs> I don't
2: understand how that works.
1: Reverse cement makes more sense. Like we've worked it out. Yeah, I think it's not actually
2: hard cement.
1: <laughs> right. I'm like they just poured the cement. And think, yeah. No. That
2: mystery solved. <laughs> right. Another point for <laughs> yes. Cocktails of crime and fashion. <laughs> another
1: reason you all should listen to us. Um, next, uh, another interesting one is Ted Kaczynski, who was also the Unabomber. Don, what have you? read about this
2: Uh, it's super interesting Uh, nothing is really ties it I mean the area the fact that he loved to talk to the media but Kaczynski's mo with the the manifesto and he wanted to change the world he had a plan it was he was doing something to change the world he wasn't just trying to scare people and wasn't just trying to it wasn't random Mm
0: -hmm. he had a
2: he was he had a concept and he was gonna die for that uh, and that's nothing like the Zodiac Killer. I mean, there's the. There, it's interesting that he wrote letters mm-hmm. like to taunt the media, but yeah. It's fun to think about, but I don't really think anything of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, same here. And he, he wasn't even in the area when this was going on, from what mm-hmm. I understand.
1: The last theory that we haven't yet talked about is that there is no Zodiac Killer. Dun, dun, dun. Been all in
2: our heads the whole time? <laughs>
1: yes, I guess so. It's... <laughs> Uh, only that now that would be a trick if we've all been thinking this whole time uh only a small number of people involved with investigating the zodiac killer actually believed there was a zodiac killer only less Lund- lundblad of the solano county sheriff's office ken narlo of the napa county sheriff's office Oh, is that the word we were Solano, looking for? Solano, that's Solano the one I am looking for. where my family's from. There we sorry. go. Okay. Uh, Mel Nikolai of the California Department of Justice and Sherwood Morrill, a DOJ question documents examiner, seem to have actually believed in the Zodiac.
0: So do they think these were just random killings and then somebody started writing letters and that that's what led people to believe there was one person behind it? Mm-hmm. Seems a bit far fetched to me.
2: The only way I find that plausible is again, if it was a cop then doing it. Mm-hmm. Like if me these too. killings were all separate and a cop just had evidence, but we know that not to be true because we know the departments didn't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. So either like someone had to have had actual access to evidence in order to put send these letters, because mm-hmm. he would send proof basically of what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, like the killing where he wrote on the door, all that stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was tied to those killings, and only he knew those things. And that's what ties that killing. That's what makes that a Zodiac killing. Otherwise, you could argue it could be anything, but he tied his killings together. Yeah, Yeah. he
1: knew the details. Yeah, I think there has to have been someone uh, because they didn't all talk. All the uh, what's it called? Jurisdictions didn't talk to each other, and to be able to fool an entire world of people. For this long. Um, hopefully there's someone, because that'd be embarrassing.
2: Yeah. And again, I think the <laughs> only way we ever find out is going to be through familial DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what DNA is available to again to be tested, but I know it has been. I think that's the only way we find out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so if Sydney, if you want to do an ancestry.com or whatever. Yeah, please. The, whatever that 32, yeah. 32 and you or whatever, twenty-three no, I, and me. Twenty three and me, yeah. yeah. I've, I've really wanted to reach
3: out to the living family member, and, but I just I don't know. There's something holding me back, but we'll see. Maybe one day,
0: in time. Yeah, yeah. I mean it. It could it could cause a disruption in a family. I understand yeah. your reluctance.
2: Um, uh, one one thing we have not talked about yet, just to briefly bring up, mm-hmm. is the fact that um, one of the lead detectives in San Francisco on the case, Dave Toskey, is the uh, is the character model for Dirty Harry. Oh, Really? Really? Do you guys know that? No. Yeah, so Dave Toski, who's in the Zodiac movie, um, he's played by, um, I want to say he's played by Mark Ruffalo. No, yes, that's right. Is yeah. that who plays him? I, I haven't, it's been a couple of years since I've seen the movie, but Dave Toski is the one who wore his gun up here, like Dirty Harry. Uh-huh. Um, and the original Dirty Harry movie is about the Zodiac. Um, so yeah, Dirty Harry is based on Lieutenant Toski, Dave Toski who was one of the lead investigators in these Paul Steins, because that was in San Francisco, right? Paul Stein, Yeah. I think. It was, uh-huh. it was,
3: yeah, he yeah, was the cab driver, right?
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, Dave Tosky is Dirty Harry. So do you feel lucky, punk?
1: That's what I was going to ask if it was that Do you?
2: Yeah, that's the one.
1: <laughs> okay. And the only reason I know that line is from Bruce Almighty when he yeah. turns into Clint Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen Dirty Harry. Well, thank you, Don and Sydney, for being here. This was super insightful. Lots of uh, stuff I didn't know till today. Uh, thank you. This was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, that's one of the fun things about this case is it's infinite. Yeah, uh-huh. so much to yeah. it. Thank you for
0: having me. Yes.
1: Well, I, thank you, I you I still for being want here. It, I still want it to be solved, though.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, we do hope to see everybody uh, next Sunday night, May 23rd, 8 o'clock at Alibi a true crime bar, and I believe that's 4118 Pennsylvania. Yep. Uh, in Kansas City, for all of you Kansas Cityans, that's in Westport, and we're looking forward to that. Should be a great time.
1: Don will be there if you want to pick his brain about Zodiac in person. Well, we're excited to see you all, and don't forget to study up on your fashion decades so you can win some merch, or you could just buy some merch if you want to guarantee you get some. It's Linked on all our social media and in the episode notes. So we will see you live and in person next week, hopefully. Goodbye. Bye. This has been Cocktails of Crime and Fashion. If you're enjoying our show, please leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show. Join our VIP Facebook group, Cocktails of Crime and Fashion VIP to discuss cocktails, crime, and fashion, and to watch exclusive video content. Follow us on Instagram at Cocktails of Crime and Fashion. We also have merch. There's a link in the episode notes. Cocktails of Crime and Fashion was written and produced by Mike Norlin and Macy Norlin Burkett. Our editor is Don Bailey at pretendmachine.com. Thank you to Alex Joaquim for composing our theme music and to Kaylee Bitter for designing our cover art.